Following Chaos Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. The song that you just heard is an excerpt from the song Make All Things New by the worship artist Ben Christ under the name Glorious Unseen. And it's a song that has been ministering to me through the season of life that we have been going through, that I've been going through. And uh, we'll revisit the song later on in the podcast. I want to thank the Glorious Unseen uh, for this new song. This new album has really meant a lot to me, and I look forward to sharing it with you as well. And if you do like this song, feel free to purchase it on iTunes or wherever you get your music uh, to support the artist and support uh, what the Lord is doing with him. My name is Jonah Fair. If this is your first time being a part of this, I just want to say welcome. Whether you are tuning in through audio or video, whether you are on podcasts, on Spotify, iTunes, Google, iHeartRadio, or maybe you're on YouTube and you are watching this, no matter where you are and no matter what you are going through, my hope and prayer is that this will meet you in a real and relevant way and that you know that you are loved and that you are not alone. And so again, my name is Jonah Fair. I'm recording from Macomb, Michigan, a little outside of Detroit in the metro area. And and it's an honor for me to be here today speaking to you, no matter what you have going on in your life right now. Uh, the other day I was spending time with family. That's why I wasn't able to do a episode last week. I was spending time with family and, and I was talking to uh, one of my older brothers and he asked me, he said, you know, Jonah, what is the target audience of the podcast? What, what is the, the, the people that you are thinking about as you record each episode? And it's a great question. And as I thought about it, the first thing that came to my mind, just being very honest with my brother, was that, you know, I'm always thinking about those that are on the fringe, those that maybe know about Jesus and have heard about Jesus, or maybe they've, you know, have just a little bit of knowledge about the Bible, or maybe they have a lot of knowledge about the Bible, but they're just kind of on the fringe of surrender. Another person that I think about a lot when I, when I do these podcasts is those that have been hurt and have this misunderstood construct within their head of what Jesus is and what he stands for and what Christians are or what Christianity is. And so that's always what I'm thinking about. And, and so I answered him and I told him, you know, that is, you know, what comes to my mind immediately every single time I sit down in this chair and record this podcast. But then as I thought about it even more, that's not just the target audience of this podcast, but honestly, the target audience of this podcast is anyone who wants to grow in their walk with their creator, savior, and sustainer. Anyone, no matter where you're at on the spectrum, whether you have a relationship with Jesus or you don't have a relationship with Jesus, no matter where you're at, if you have a heart to grow, if you have a heart to go deeper, if you have a heart to just fall deeper in love with Jesus, then this podcast exists for you. It's honestly a honest conversation from my heart. I'm not trying to put on a show. I'm not trying to, you know, perform for an audience. But right now as I'm recording, I'm alone here in my room. And I'm just talking to you as honestly as I can because I am a firm believer that when we give our God what little we have, he could do immeasurably more with it than anything we can ask or imagine. And that's found in Ephesians 3 verse 20. No matter where you're at with your walk with the Lord, you are welcome here and we are in this together. I don't mean that as a cliche. I know that's kind of like a, a, a big term nowadays, especially with everything going on with the pandemic, um, but there's truth to that. We really are in this together. 
And so here, I would be honored to pray for you as we jump into today's episode here. Let's pray. Lord God, we look to you and we just ask for you to have your will and way in our life. Lord, please just help us be transparent as glass, transparent like water. Lord, please just shine a light on us. Help us not hide behind anything else, but to know that we are known by you and we are loved by you, but you call us to surrender. You call us to, to come to you as children because at the end of the day, Lord, we are and we are your children. And so, Lord, help us respond to you today. Help this message hit my heart and hit any heart that is listening or watching this today. Lord, we are yours and we need you so desperately. And it's in your name we pray and we surrender, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I think that a lot of times that I, I start to feel even more just honored to do this podcast, it's when I don't do it for a week and I'm either away or I'm busy or something's going on. And so like I shared at the very beginning, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't able to do the podcast last week because I was down in South Carolina visiting family. And right before I left for South Carolina, I, I saw on the news um, just this heartbreaking just report on a man named Ahmad Aubrey, a man uh, who lived in Georgia and who was shot and killed by two people as he was jogging. And this this case just just kind of came out that day that I was about to leave for South Carolina. So it was it was very new, very fresh, and and they had footage of of the man dying, the man getting shot by these two men as he was jogging. And my heart just broke. Have you ever had those moments where your heart is just broken over an injustice? Or just something that 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 just breaks your heart because you look at it and you just say, This is not the way that it was supposed to be. I know that I have those moments often, but but there's specific times where I am so moved by what I see and what I feel that I just I am at a loss for words. And I know the word of God and and I'm 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 committed to to the Lord. I'm committed to know him and to seek him through all things. I I mean I can't run away from that, but there's sometimes that I just can't help but think. Just, Lord, what do you say to someone who just went through immense injustice or heartbreak or hurt or just evil? What do you say to somebody? What, what do you say to a mom who just lost a son or a daughter? What do you say um, to, to, uh, to, a, to a child who has just faced just tons of just oppression or neglect or hurt or abuse? What do you say to someone who just got taken advantage of sexually or mentally or physically? What do you say to someone? And, and I know the word of God and I, I believe that the word of God is, is truly a life and that this is how we know our creator, savior, sustainer. I truly believe that. But sometimes I just find myself at a loss for words of just like, Lord, help your word permeate and hit our hearts because Lord, we are hurting and this is painful. And as I found news about Ahmad Aubrey the day before I was about to leave, I just sat down and and I and I wrote down this and and a lot of times on this podcast I read um, from my journal is not to do anything else is not to make me seem super spiritual or or whatever it's not anything like that but honestly I just read this because I struggle with coming up with the words to capture what I was feeling or what I was thinking. And so this is what I wrote down, and this is May 6th, right when I heard the news about Ahmaud Aubrey and his death 
and uh, just the injustice of everything that was going on with that. And and this is this is what I wrote. I said this, my heart is grieving over the footage of Ahmaud Aubrey dying. My God, break my heart for what breaks yours. Feel good verses does nothing to the family and loved ones of someone's own blood that demands justice. Where are you in the murder and vileness? Lord, I know you are there and I know your heart breaks, but I am overwhelmed to share your truth in situations like this. And as I was just writing that and thinking, I was just pouring my heart out to God. And and many of you that are listening or watching this, maybe you've had moments like that as well. Maybe you've had moments and and you just, you, you don't know what to say, but you just cry out and you just say, my God, God, where are you in this? And as I was sitting there, I got down on my knees. I just started praying even harder. I just said, Lord, please help me understand this. And all I could think about is, is the mom of Ahmaud Aubrey. And again, we, we don't know the whole extent of everything that happened. But what I know is that I saw the footage of his death and it, and it just pissed me off. And as I was just thinking about that, I was just saying, Lord, show me where you are. And as I was saying that and as I was praying to the Lord, I've been going through the book of Matthew. And in the book of Matthew, at this time, I was towards the very end of the book of Matthew. This is right before Jesus is about to be betrayed by Judas and taken um, into Roman captivity and crucified. And so I'm reading this and I go to Matthew 26 and I want to read a couple verses here from Matthew 26 that the Lord brought to my attention as I was just seeking him and just saying, Lord, where are you in tragedy and hurt and pain and injustice? And this is what I read. This is from Matthew 26, verses 27 to 28. And he, which is Jesus, took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms a covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. For those that are familiar with this passage, then you will know that this is the last supper. This is the last time that he eats and drinks with his disciples. He knows what's about to happen. He knows that he's about to take on the sins of you and me from past, present, future. He's about to take all of the sin and death and brokenness of all of humanity and be placed upon him. Not only that, but he knows that God cannot be in the presence of sin. Therefore, he's going to have an alienation between him and his father. And that is something that we can't even fathom. I can't even begin to fathom. What we do know in the scripture that he was so distressed right when he was praying and after the supper and right before he was betrayed, he was praying in the garden alone. His disciples were off to the distant. They kept falling asleep, which I totally relate to. But he's praying and he's in so much agony, the scripture says, that he starts to sweat drops of blood. And we know now medically that this is a term that when you are in such immense stress that your blood veins pop and it, and it starts to seep through your pores, your sweat glands. And Jesus, we know, was in such immense stress and pain and agony during this time. So I can't fully understand what it must have been like for Jesus to have the weight of all of our sin, all of our brokenness, all of our hurt, all of the injustice. I can't begin to imagine, but what I do know, that it was intense. I know what it feels like when I make a mistake and I and I mess up and I hurt somebody or or I just know that I hurt the heart of God 
And I know that, that, that pain, that weight that I feel. And maybe you listening or watching this, you can relate to that. Maybe you're currently living in something like that. Maybe you did something or somebody did something to you and you're just living with a shame or a guilt and you're just, you're just broken over that and you feel like no matter what you, whatever you do, you can't just get that weight off of your shoulders. Just take that, whether you're feeling that now or you felt that before, just take that and how heavy that feels, just multiply that by every single person that has lived on this planet. Romans 3.23 says that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so every single person from past, present, future has sinned, including you, including me. And so just take that weight, that shame, that guilt, that agony of our sin, of our mistakes, of our regrets, and just imagine Jesus taking all that on. The sinless one took on sin. He became sin. He became a curse for you and for me in order for us to be reconciled back to our creator, savior, sustainer, to be washed as pure, as white as snow. That all of the, all of the brokenness, all of the hurt will be washed and renewed. And I'm reading this and, and, and I know it's about to happen, but I'm currently just trying to put myself in this spot. And I'm just imagining Jesus taking the, the, the wine and taking the bread and distributing it to all of the disciples. And at this time, Judas would have been in among the midst the one that would have betrayed him, Jesus is still giving out himself, pouring himself out. We know that Judas left around this time. He, he didn't really partake in any of this, but we do know that he was present during this time because Jesus said that one of you will betray me. And Judas said, well, you know, not me, you know, not surely not me. And Jesus said, no, no, you, you are the one. Do what you have to do and do it quickly. And so we know Judas was present. I just, again, can't imagine the, what, what Jesus would have been feeling. But another thing that stood out to me as well is that Jesus is telling his disciples, look, my blood is going to be poured out for you. That you are so valuable to me that I'm going to give of myself in order for you to be reconciled to me. Not only my blood, but I will give my body, I will give my life. So I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm trying to say, okay, God, where are you in this tragedy, in this injustice? Lord, what do, you, what do I say to someone who is going through a hurt or a pain? You know, what do I even say to myself? What, what word of God do I speak over myself in order to remind myself of the truth? And I'm thinking about this passage and then I wrote down this. I said, your body was broke and your blood spilled for my brokenness, for our brokenness. You care more than I can fathom. The covenant of your blood and flesh remind me just how much. Whatever happened and occurred there in Georgia or whatever has happened and occurred in your life, that is not, it doesn't go unnoticed. It's not something that, that the Lord is absent of. It's, it's not something he removes himself when he gets messy. You know, like, like I may do when I don't know what to say, I may just kind of withdraw a little bit just because I'm just not really knowing what to do. I don't want to do any damage and, and but I, I'm just kind of at a loss for words. Our God never has a loss for words. Just think about that for a second. 
he never has a loss for words. He has proven that he never has a loss for words, no matter what we go through. Because even on the cross, even in his agony, he spoke words. He spoke words. He, he looked at his mom, who was a widow, and said, no, no, John, you take care of my mom. He didn't have to do that, but he did. Not only that, but he, he even called out to God. He called out. The, 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 our, our Savior cried out to God. The Father who could not even be in his presence because of the sin that was put upon him. He cried out on behalf of you and me. And what what did he say? He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Every breath that he took, he had to breathe in and, and exclaim it out as his lungs was filling up with blood and the agony and the immense pain as he was held down by the weight of his body on the cross. He had to go up on a splintery cross in order to speak. But every word was so precious and so valuable because every word was spoken for you and for me. And he cries out, he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Our God is never at a loss for words when we go through things that we can't begin to fathom how to respond or, or where he is. He is always there. I'm also reminded in the passages such as John 17, when Jesus, right after this supper, he goes to the garden and he prays. And, and John has a such an intimate um, recollection of Jesus's prayer to the Father right before he is taken into captivity. And this is what he says. He says this, as Jesus is there, he's feeling abandoned by God because all the sin was placed upon him. He knew what was about to happen. He knew the pain that he was about to go through. And he takes a moment to say these words. He says this in John 17, verse 22 to 24. He says this, I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. I want these with me where I am. I'm also reminded in in Matthew 26, verse 37 to 38, it says this. It says, he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. That is powerful. That is powerful. And in moments like what happened with Ahmaud Arbery and, and what happens each and every day, in the moments of injustice, We have a God that is present and he understands because he took all injustice in order not only just to empathize with us, but to deliver us from what we are capable of. And that is just death and destruction. And as I was just reading these passages and reminded of, of the love of God, I just can't help but just think that, Lord, you care so much more than I can ever begin to imagine. May we be men and women that no longer repeats the cycle of sin and brokenness and injustice. May we look at what's going on and say, Lord, let this hit my heart so that I move my feet, that I move my hands, that I move my mouth. Lord, I don't want to live for the temporary. I don't want to live for the fleeting, but I want to live for the eternal. Lord, I want to have a kingdom mindset. 
that I see people and I see situations as you see people and as you see situations. It just so happened that when I was traveling down to South Carolina, it happened to fall on the day of national prayer. I know one of the things that was on my heart and that may have been on your heart as well is just this global pandemic going on. And maybe you know people that have been affected by this. Maybe you know people that have died from this. Maybe even somebody in your own family has been sick or died from this. No matter whatever it is, I know that was something that was heavy on my heart. But also, I was just thinking about this whole idea of injustice. And as I was driving, I was just praying. I was just saying, Lord, shine a light on my heart of any prejudice or racism or any type of just just brokenness and injustice within my heart, within my worldview, within my perspective, within my speech. And I was just praying. I was just asking, Lord, Lord, just show me yourself. Lord, break my heart. Shine a light on me. Lord, help there not be anything within me that I just hide in the shadows. But Lord, I just want to be all yours and I want to be more yours. A, a verse that stands out to my mind it's first John one five. And this is what John, the, the, the apostle John, he writes this. He says, this is the message we have heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. There's no darkness in our God at all. And then it goes on to say, if we say we have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. And one of my favorite things uh, to do when I drive, especially from Michigan to South Carolina, Michigan doesn't have much mountains and I love mountains. And I always look forward to as I drive down I-75 down to South Carolina, I love to go through the mountains. I just love that. Sometimes I'll even take an exit, a random exit to get off of the road and just explore the mountains for a little bit and just get away. And as I was doing that, as I was driving, I'm going to show a picture here on the screen of just the, the, the mountainside. And as I was driving, I couldn't help but notice that there was just this light, this like blanket of light that was permeating all of the, of the mountainsides that I was seeing with my eyes. And I was just so in awe of this light, you know, especially being so confined and quarantined here in Michigan where I'm at, and I'm sure you as well, just even being able to be out and see sunlight is just, is just awesome. It just produces awe within me. And I saw this light and I couldn't help but just think of, of this passage such as 1 John 1, 5, or even this, this passage from Nehemiah 9, 6. And this is what Nehemiah says to the people. He says this, you alone are the Lord. You made the skies and the heaven and all of the stars. You made the earth and the seas and everything in them. You preserve it all and the angels of heaven worship you. And I was just thinking about that of the, of, of the fact that we have a God, we have a creator, savior, and sustainer that no matter what darkness we feel, he constantly shows us reminders that he not only is powerful, but that he is the source of light and of purity and of justice and that he cares Every day is a reminder that he is faithful to renew us day by day. And even though darkness may go on for, for a long time as it may feel, and even though in darkness we may start to struggle with our own depravity or, or start to wrestle with regrets or, or whatever it is that comes at night, even though there is night, there is a constant reminder that darkness will not have the final word. And every night eventually gives way to the light of day. 
and the light, the blanket of light over the trees just reminded me that, Lord, you are so much more and you are so more present than anything I can fathom, no matter whatever it is that we go through. Another passage in the scripture that stands out to me is is a passage in Psalms 136. And I wanted to read this to you. And as I read this to you, I pray that it just hits your heart and may it just be like a blanket of light, no matter what you are going through, no matter what you have been through, and no matter what you will go through. So heavy heart, I, I just pray that this Psalm will meet you in just a powerful way. And this is what the Psalmist says in Psalms 136. He says this, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who alone does mighty miracles. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavens so skillfully. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who placed the earth among the waters. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who made the heavenly lights. His faithful love endures forever the sun to rule the day, his faithful love endures forever. And the moon and the stars to rule the night, his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who killed the firstborn of Egypt, his faithful love endures forever. He brought Israel out of Egypt, his faithful love endures forever. He acted with a strong hand and powerful arm, his faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who parted the Red Sea, his faithful love endures forever. He led Israel safely through. His faithful love endures forever. But he hurled Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who led his people through the wilderness. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who struck down mighty kings. His faithful love endures forever. He killed powerful kings. His faithful love endures forever. Going down to verse 21, he continues and he says this, God gave the land of these kings as an inheritance. His faithful love endures forever. A special possession to his servant Israel. His faithful love endures forever. He remembered us in our weakness. His faithful love endures forever. He saved us from our enemies. His faithful love endures forever. He gives food to every living thing. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His faithful love endures forever heavy heart. We have a God who is able to take the injustice, the brokenness, the hurt, the pain, the trauma, the regrets, everything that we've gone through. And he alone can redeem and he can cover it all by his power, by his name, by his glory. He can cover it all like a blanket of light. So no matter what you are going through, no matter what you have been through, maybe you've been walking through a season where you have been just trying to cry out and say, Lord, where are you? Or Lord, draw close to me because I'm hurting, I'm in pain. No matter where this season finds you, my hope and my prayer is that he will just cover you with a peace that surpasses all understanding and that he will remind you, as I know that he reminds me, that he is able to do immeasurably more than anything we can ask or imagine according to his name and his glory that is shown throughout all of his church, throughout all generations. To him alone be the name and the glory and the power and the honor forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You are not a lost cause. 
Maybe today you have realized that, look, I have never asked Jesus to be Lord of my life. I've never accepted his gift that he has given me through his body on the cross and his death, his burial and his resurrection. I've never accepted a, a life, a new life with Jesus. And if that's you, if you've never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, all it takes is a heart that says, Jesus, forgive me. I recognize and I know that I am a sinner. God, I know that I was not made by accident and I know that you died on the cross. And Lord, I am asking you to show yourself to me. Lord, break my heart for what breaks yours. Lord, help me be all yours. Show me areas of my life where I've been trying to do this on my own. And Lord, you have full permission to do whatever you want to do through this life that you've given me. May we even just ask, Lord, take me deeper with a hunger and dependence on your word. Lord, let your word be the source of strength in my life. Let your word be the source of wisdom in my life. Jesus, I don't want to just know about you, but I want to know you, so draw close to me. And if you've asked Jesus to be Lord of your life and you've accepted, you've accepted the gift that he's given you, the Bible says that you have been born again, that, that through the spirit of God, that you are able to be able to call him Lord for one, but also be able to be what he has created you to be. We have a God that is able to redeem and take all of the convoluted mess and brokenness and make it into a beautiful color and a beautiful canvas of colors. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone and the new is here. Another passage that I wanna share with you is Revelations 21, verse five. And this is what he says. This is what John says as he's having a revelation about the, the, the events that is yet to come. He says this, he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. Another passage is Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. And this is what the Lord tells Isaiah. He says this, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Isaiah 42, verse 10 also says this, sing to the Lord a new song, his praise from the ends of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that is in it you islands and all who live in them. I say all these verses to say this, that we have a God of redemption. And I was reminded as I was looking at the, the beautiful trees and the, the, just the blanket of light that was covering over them, I just was reminded of all the ways that the Lord has redeemed things in my past, redeemed just the ugliest of things within my heart. And he has made it something that not only gives him glory, but he has made something that seems impossible and he has made it look beautiful. He has brought a color in my chaoses throughout so many times in my life. And I'm just reminded of the reality of what scripture talks about, that our God is a God of redemption and that he is constantly committed to renewing and making things new. He is constantly committed to, to what is to come. He is constantly committed to being able to renew us no matter what we have been through, no matter what we have done, and no matter what we will do. We have a God who just constantly covers us with blankets of light and reminders that we are not what we have done and we are not what we do. 
but we are his and he is faithful and he is committed to us no matter what it is that we walk through. At the end of the day, not only have we been reconciled back to our creator through our savior, and we have been given the Holy Spirit as a sustainer to walk us through this life and to renew us day by day from glory, from death to death, from glory to glory. Not only that, but not only do we have a reconciled relationship with our God, but we have been promised that we have a savior that can make all things new and that will make all things new. We have a God of redemption. And we know in his word that he did not just come to deliver us from our sin, but he will come again to deliver us from all this injustice, from all this brokenness, from all this darkness. The God of lights will shine a light once and for all and expose the heart of man. But as we wait for that moment, may we invite the Lord to make all things new, starting with our heart. That no matter where you're at, whether you are a follower of Christ or you're not, may we realize today that our God is faithful and the same God that can cover a mountaintop with a blanket of light can cover our hearts with light and with life and with purity and with what is true and just. I wanted to end this podcast by sharing the song that I shared at the very beginning of this podcast. And in the song, it's the whole idea of redemption. And the, the singer, Ben Chris, he's crying out. He's just saying, Lord, my heart, my desire through this season is that you will make all things new, starting with my heart, starting with me. My prayer for you is that even if you may not know what to say or what to pray, even if maybe right now your heart is overwhelmed or you know those that have been overwhelmed around you, no matter where you are at today, I pray that the lyrics of these songs may become a prayer for you. Some of the lines that stand out to me is these lines. It says, Lord, I'm yearning. My heart is burning. I'm still learning about your grace. In the waiting, you're captivating. My soul is taken for your embrace. Father, take my life and make me more like you. I've seen you take what's broken and make it just like new. Help me see the world with a kingdom point of view. Lord, return. Make all things new. Again, this is a song by The Glorious Unseen, and the name of the song is Make All Things New. Lord, I'm yearning, my heart is burning, but I'm still learning about your grace. And in the waiting, you're captivating my soul is Just fascination I'm lost for words